0: Hello, welcome to episode 14. I am Nike Anani, your host of the Connected Generation podcast. Today we'll be talking through the family unit. How can we foster a strong family unit? You know, typically we spend a lot of our time, our energy, our focus thinking about our businesses, but we often underestimate the importance of the family and I really do believe that the family is where our focus should be, particularly at this hour. So I'll tell you a bit of a story years ago, I had horrible pain in my arms that soon spread to my neck, shoulder, back, and then literally like my legs all over my body It was like it started off as nerve pain, then morphed into like more muscular pain and I remember going to the GP and then neurologists and all manner of specialists. Essentially, they were all completely baffled by what was going on because all my test results, my vitals, blood tests, x-rays, MRIs, I went for the whole nine, were completely normal. (laughs) And each time I would get a clean bill of health, I literally, I remember one particular um, doctor's appointment and the doctor was like, "Nikkei, you're completely healthy. And I just burst out crying. And yeah, each time they would tell me I was healthy, I would be even more stressed (laughs) because I did not feel healthy. I couldn't write. I couldn't run. I couldn't do so many normal things. I just wanted a diagnosis and then a prescription pill. To get rid of this pain for good. And so I'd been going to like an osteopath to relieve the pain. She was doing like acupuncture and things like that, but we still were not addressing the underlying pain. So it was a really stressful period. I'll never forget the day I walked into a rheumatologist's practice. As soon as this rheumatologist saw me, she observed that my posture was slightly off and then she dug a bit deeper, she did some physical examinations and was asking me all sorts of questions that I thought were not really related to this pain. (laughs) And then she said, I am hyperflexible. So what's that? She's like essentially the muscles around my joints are super flexible and maybe the cause of all these strange pains. Combined with a very weak core, um, because prior to that I was not I had never run a day in my life, I'd never done any exercise. <laughs> she her theory was that it was this hyperflexibility plus my weak core that was causing these strange symptoms. Imagine this, this was now like six months into my journey of not knowing what was causing all these issues. It dawned on me that the previous doctors, they've been treating or testing, presenting symptoms, right? So the muscular pain, the nerve pain, by doing blood tests, x-rays, MRIs, and the likes but they had not identified the cardinal symptom. And in medicine, the cardinal symptom is that symptom that leads you to a diagnosis. Only my sister girl, rheumatologist friend, only she was able to. And it was that cardinal symptom that allowed us to know the cause. Similarly, in family businesses, we often look at the presenting symptoms, the visible metrics, and we put all our focus in these, the revenues, the the profits, the staff productivity, without bearing in mind the causal factors. What are our causal factors? Our vision, mission, values, cultures. And these are strongly influenced By the founding family's culture, family trust, family capital, family stewardship, and the likes. The pain I felt in that season was often concentrated in specific areas, so like my neck, and and then specific sides of my body. So I remember it was my right hand side that was the pain was more dominant in, like my neck, my upper shoulders, my arms, and my um, in my lower back. And subconsciously, I would often adjust my posture right to avoid the aggravating pain in these specific pain points. But what I didn't realize was that by adjusting, it was causing pain in other parts of my body that were not designed to withstand that level of pressure, right? And in medicine, they call this compensation patterns, essentially where like you know, you improperly move or it causes more stress on parts of your body than normal. And of course, this stress is not without implication. Similarly, our family businesses are under severe strain and pressure. And as next-gen leaders, we may not even be realising that we may have some compensation patterns in our families as we're placing higher levels of stress on the family unit than normal. So we have to be aware of this potential risk to correct to correct our posture, our balancing such that the family does not absorb unnecessary stress and suffer. I've said this a couple of times before that, you know, this crisis means that a lot of us are going through grief right now. And grief on various different levels, right? So we have the traditional grief, right, of people we may have lost. Um, we may be grieving our former world as we knew it. We may be grieving our social lives, our freedoms, the great times in the business, right? Because we may be going through a season of financial loss, so it's all quite complex. But typically, there are five stages of grief, as explained by Elizabeth Kubler Ross. She's a leading um, psych psychiatrist, and the first is denial. And um, maybe a lot of us have already passed this stage now. But I remember when the virus was like in China, and this was like in. January, early February, and for the most part, the rest of the world, we were quite naive about its ability to spread to us, both not just you know um, governments were naive, right they were in denial, businesses were naive, families were naive. I remember my husband was supposed to travel to China in February, and we were watching the news I was like this this thing seems real." <laughs> i was like i keep on seeing something about a virus it literally only registered in february for me and i "I keep on seeing something about virus i'm not really sure it's a good idea and he also was like yeah it doesn't doesn't seem like this is a good time um so we were all in denial right about its reality as because we 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 tend to fight to maintain our normal lives, normal in inverted commas. Psychologically, we desire homeostasis, which just basically means we like things staying the same. The second stage is anger. And at the anger stage, one may feel frustrated, anxious because everything has completely changed, right? having to deal with new schedules, working from home, you know, having to adjust, it's all quite, it all can be quite frustrating. The third is bargaining or negotiation and this is where we start, we start making promises to ourselves, you know, you know those conversations, oh when things are finally normal, I will do my hair and nails or when things are finally normal, I can't wait to Go to a wedding or finally attend a normal birthday party, not on Zoom. I can't wait to hug friends, you know, and things like that. That's bargaining. Then the fourth stage is depression. I think we all know what that is. Overwhelming feelings of sadness and potentially withdrawal, lack of appetite or excessive appetite, lack of sleep or excessive sleep lack of energy to do things that ordinarily would be pleasurable. And lastly, acceptance, where we accept this reality. But I think there's often a misconception about this, that acceptance means that one is happy, not necessarily, so you can accept that this is our new reality. Um, You know, But we're just kind of willing to work with what we have, right? Not necessarily that you're elated about this situation. So coming back to our families, not only are we experiencing multidimensional grief, grief of our lives, grief of our businesses, grief of our freedoms, etc. But also each of us in our nuclear families, extended families, we're all grieving. Not only are each of us grieving, but also we may be going through that grief cycle pattern at different paces. And so this may pull the family apart or push it closer together. And my wish and prayer is that this will push your family closer together. And this is where I believe we women. if you're a woman, can play a vital role in our families. So women, we tend to be nurturers, right? Peacemakers, we're quite intuitive and tend to have higher levels of empathy than men, right? Not to generalise, but those tend to be the trends. We tend to be the CEO of the family and... Some of you are like, eh, what? Nikkei, you're probably nodding all along when I was talking before. you like, Nikkei, no. <laughs> we tend to be the chief emotional officer of the family, right? The men tend to be the chief executive officers of the family, but we tend to be the ones navigating the emotions of the family unit. And what's the job description for this new role? <laughs> One must facilitate difficult conversations. One must ask probing questions. One must resolve conflicts, have good listening skills and have good teamwork skills, particularly in promoting and facilitating good teams. So if you think about it, now more than ever, we need effective CEOs in our family units, so that, as I said, we bring our families together, rather than this crisis pushing us apart. And if you are a CEO and you want to be a more impactful, effective CEO at this hour in your family, with your nuclear family and extended family, I think we need to think about the three C's. I often talk about the three C's, but these are another set of three C's. <laughs> the first is communication. In moments of crisis, a lot of us retreats. We go silent. You know, um, we don't want to, we don't want to talk. We don't want to deal. We're kind of processing our new world in our minds. And it can be our coping mechanism, but that CEO needs to ensure that we have good communication channels within the family in spite of crisis. The second C is compassion. Family members, we need to be compassionate with one another. And interestingly, compassion, um, the original, I believe it's the Latin word. It means to suffer with. So passion means suffering. Calm means with. And so whereas empathy is where we're able to put ourselves in the shoes of the next man, compassion takes it one step further and leads to action. So I suffer with you and I'm able to take action based on that. So for instance, maybe... You are chief emotional officer, maybe your husband is chief executive officer, maybe the other way around, right? Let's not generalize. Um your spouse works in the business and you may not. And you you, you see that your spouse is going through a lot of stress, maybe they're withdrawn. We should put ourselves in our spouse's shoes. What would he or she? like in that situation, to relieve he or she from that situation. Does that make sense? So bear in mind that we all tend to deal with things differently. And our tendency as beings is to treat the next man how we would like to be treated. What I desire, what I want during seasons of stress, It's not necessarily what the next man wants, right? So that's compassion in action, thinking about what it is that the next person would desire and taking action accordingly. And the third C is connection. So this speaks to the ability to support and enhance our family relationships, right? Both within our nuclear and our extended units, so that we see that everyone feels loved, feels wanted, and feels understood. So we need to check in frequently, you know, explore and find common passions, common hobbies in this time of downtime, and also think about holding family meetings. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next episode will be a little bit different. So it's my birthday on 19th of May, which is the day that the next episode will be dropping. So I'm doing something a little bit different. I'll be doing a birthday Q&A. Ask me anything. So I'd love for you to email me any questions you have um, on anything we've spoken about so far or haven't spoken about, (laughs) email me on na at nikkiaanani.com with your questions. And yeah, on that day, I'll be answering all your questions. So thank you so much and take care. God bless you.